0: School PR professionals spend a week or two each year networking, if they're lucky. We pour into this professional development and the conversations drive us in our work. Collaboration is one of the best parts of our job, but then we go back to our daily work and the buzz of bright conversations and innovation starts
1: to wear off. Welcome to School PR Happy Hour. We seek to create a shared space of collaboration, and an opportunity to continue those conversations long after the closing sessions of our state and national conferences.
0: We are a community, a community of communicators that lean on each other in hard times and learn from each other regularly.
1: This podcast is about just that, getting to know each other better and sharing our passions about furthering education one story at a time.
0: Welcome back to School PR Happy Hour. I'm Erin McCann. When we were new school PR practitioners, we were all hungry for skills, training, and professional development. There is another vital side to our industry, though, and that's both networking and giving back to others. With that said, I'm delighted to introduce you to our guest this episode, Joshua Sauer, APR, the Web and Interactive Media Specialist from the Moore Norman Technology Center. Welcome, Josh. Thanks for joining me today.
2: Thank you so much, Aaron, for inviting me to be your guest. Um, I'm honored and hope that the people listening to this uh, find it a little bit entertaining.
0: No doubt that they will. And Josh, I'm actually, I'm glad that we get to spend this time and connect together because I met you at the 2019 national seminar. We're in the same kind of regional group and we were both on that 35 under 35, but you know, Justin a lot better than, you know, me. So I scooped him and I said that I was going to get to interview you. So I'm looking forward to just getting to know you better myself.
2: Oh well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And and speaking of Justin, uh, my nickname for Justin is is actually Blue Eyes Justin. He has <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the the most blue eyes I've ever seen, and so I, I gave him that nickname. And I think it's I think it's stuck with uh, with a few people uh, in our <laughs> circle. So,
0: uh, I'm tempted to cut that out because I never like to give Justin any credit at all, but I think we'll definitely have to move <laughs> <leave> it in. <laughs> okay, so Josh, tell me a little bit about kind of your journey to school PR, how you ended up here, and just your background in general.
2: Yeah, so I started in school PR um, in 2015 at Moore Norman Technology Center in, in Oklahoma. I work in the marketing communications department where... We're a, um, some people would call it, or most people would call it vocational, but we're actually a career tech institution. We serve uh, mostly high school students, but we also serve adults. Um, Mm -hmm. So I started there in school PR, and um, I was fortunate enough to have an administration that encouraged professional development, um, and they actually challenged me to take advantage of those opportunities. So um, I began... You know, immersing myself in different opportunities uh, through Twitter, through the, the mm-hmm. K-12 PR chat and just different uh, groups there. And then I attended my first uh, inspr seminar in Nashville in 2015 and met a lot of great PR professionals that really took me under their wing and, and taught me everything they knew. Um, we all know uh, a lot of those folks, but a few that come to mind are uh, Julie Fannum, of course, in mm-hmm. Texas. Susan Hardy Brooks uh, is, a, is a mentor of mine. And she actually, she was involved in OKSPRA too, the Oklahoma PR Association. And so anyways, that's where I, where I began my journey was in OKSPRA and, and INSPRA in 2015. And then kind of just stayed engaged uh, in everything that was going on with INSPRA and all the, the great people on Twitter. Um, I've attended every uh, seminar since then, and, and have stayed in, engaged year round. Um, in 2017, a group of friends and school PR professionals uh, helped me develop an idea uh, that is now uh, known as the Road to Inspire campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, every you know everyone on Twitter knows of that campaign. I'd say that there's probably 250 um, people on the mailing list for that. Um, but since 2017 uh that campaign has raised over $5,000 or nearly $5,000 for the wow. Inspra Foundation yeah and so that the Inspra Foundation provides scholarships to professionals who who may not have the means uh to attend the seminar uh, mm-hmm. and so it gives them opportunities to to attend that and get that get that experience so that's something I'm I'm proud of and then continue on my journey. Uh, I'm currently the president of OKSPRA. And then uh, last month um, in October, I began my service for INSPRA as the, it's a very long title, as the vice president at large for communication technology and innovation. And I'm following in the footsteps of the great Shane Haggerty uh, from Ohio and Kathy Kajujian from Illinois, both APRs, both two of my friends and two of my mentors, who have yes, really taught me a lot. Incredible
0: practitioners, they're wonderful.
2: Yeah, they're they're fantastic, and so they've they've established a lot of great things uh, with the with the organization. And I plan to continue uh, those plans, but I also have some some other things and initiatives that I'd like to uh, to pursue as well. And and I'm already uh, talking to um, Leslie Bruinton, the newly elected president of Inspire about some of the opportunities we have to advance the organization.
0: Well, this is perfect. And that's actually a perfect segue because that's primarily what we're going to talk about today. But before we jump into some of the new things that you're doing in this role, I want to go back to the Road to Inspira campaign because I'll be really honest, I did not know that you spearheaded that. And I think our listeners... A lot of our listeners are from INSPRA, but a lot of them are from TSPRA because both Justin and I are in the Texas region, and so they may not know what that campaign is. And you mentioned that it raises money for the INSPRA Foundation, but tell us a little bit about what the road to INSPRA is and how you run it as a social campaign.
2: Yeah. So it, it began as an idea that was inspired by the Olympics actually. And you know how they, they carry a torch from Absolutely. Each, you know, they, they carry it across the world. And so and my idea was, is that we didn't have much engagement throughout the year. We just kind of had the seminar for, for the engagement piece. And so I was, I kind of tossed the idea around with, with some friends and they loved the idea. And then, so we had to you know figure out a name for it. And, uh, Dane Dellenbach actually came up with the idea for Road to Inspira as the name. And so Mm -hmm. uh, we took that, um, put it together. We we started in Texas. And so the idea was that a hat would be the most um, appropriate way to represent Texas, a cowboy hat. Of
0: course. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And so we started the journey, uh, started in Oklahoma technically, but, um, um, and then I, I don't remember the next place, but it. Always ends the road to Inspira Always ends in the host um, city and state uh, where the where the seminar is. And as the the box or the hat or the artifact, whatever we're moving around the country. Well, actually, whatever we're moving around the U.S. and Canada, um, right. whatever <clears throat> whatever item is in the box. Well, each PR professional also puts some some memorabilia from their district and thank you cards to the current. Inspr uh, president and then the Inspr president takes all those uh, memorabilia items and keeps them uh, you know as keepsakes and right. it's just a great way to celebrate the pr- profession and and build engagement throughout the year it's something that people look forward to most of that money is raised through t-shirt sales and donations we haven't really sponsored anything yet we haven't asked for sponsors because i wanted to keep it a very organic campaign but there are some opportunities in the future for for sponsors of that campaign. Now that it's kind of a solid part of of each year, and so uh, look look forward to to next year as we you know we got cut short uh, this year uh, because of the pandemic, and so we didn't get to have the St. Louis in person experience. Right. Um, but next year we we plan to to do it again and, and end up in New Orleans, and then hopefully in a few years we'll end up back in St. Louis. So.
0: I just think it is such a phenomenally cool idea and the sort of thing people naturally gravitate to. And I was so disappointed because this year before our seminar was canceled, I was actually supposed to be a part of this campaign for the very first time. And I yeah. got a message from our sweet former Teespur president, Monica Falconberry, a very dear friend of mine. And she sent me a message and she was like, Aaron, I had it written down that I was supposed to send you the road to Inspire stuff today. And I was just so sad.
2: <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> that is sad. Something something else about that campaign that I'm personally proud of is each year we have a different logo. And uh-huh. the first logo was a very simple logo with the Texas flag that said Road to Inspira. And I I created that. But every logo since then has been designed by students at More Norman Technology Center where I work.
0: That's and, amazing.
2: Yeah. So it's always student designed the logos. Um, it gives them practical, real-world experience, and and you know they don't charge me for it, and so it keeps you know the cost down, and, and we're able uh-huh. to, to send more money to the foundation, so it's a great thing.
0: I absolutely love that. So capitalizing on your great ideas here, tell us a little bit about some of the things you plan to do in your new role as the Vice President-at-Large for Technology and Innovation for INSPRA, and kind of what that role entails. Uh, you mentioned your two predecessors, both very innovative OPR practitioners. How are you going to make this role your own?
2: So, our new president, Leslie Bruinton, also an APR, is very visionary. She has a lot of 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 goals that she wants to accomplish. and she's you know she's been pressing me on, on ways that that I can bring my expertise uh, to the board. And so one of the things that I feel I can do, is um, implement a content uh, strategy, a digital content marketing strategy to not only give members more resources and, and white papers and such to access, but also use those that that content as recruitment um, opportunities as well. And so one of the ideas is that we send out free resources to superintendents and, and school professionals around the country in return they give us their information. And then we follow follow up on that lead and try to convert them to a member. And so that's one of the, the strategies that that I'm going to be focused on. That will involve um, people like you who have already signed up for <laughs> uh, for that task force. I have about 10, 10 people who I've recruited to be a part of that task force. Now, this, this plan is not really set in stone because there's a new executive director of INSPRA that is going to want to be involved in that process as well.
0: Well, let's shift a little bit because you were talking about some of the things that you're going to do and just interacting since we'll have a new executive director uh, for this year, which we all know because that's public. So, okay, Josh, now I'm going to say this, and I hope that this comes off as respectful as I mean for it to, because I mean this with full respect. You've been a practitioner for five years. That's long enough, certainly, to know what you're doing, but it's not as long as some of our 20-plus-year veterans in that time, you were named to the 35 under 35 list, which is a national list and it's something to be proud of. And you've also achieved your APR, which is a really huge deal, especially to have only been doing this work for five years. You're heavily involved in INSPRA. And I think a lot of people listening, especially if they're in that kind of one to three year experience level, may not know how to seek some of those same opportunities. It can be a little intimidating when you're a new practitioner. How? What is your opinion about young leadership in INSPRA, and how would you encourage other people to get involved, people who are newer in their careers?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would say don't be afraid to to get involved in the local mm-hmm. organizations, um, especially in the local organizations. and. And also the national organization. So I mentioned earlier about earlier about the, the future ideas that I have in that task force. Well, you can anyone listening to this can become involved in that task force. And the reason I know that is because if they're listening to this podcast, I know that they're going to perform well in that task force and represent um, the profession well. And so anyone that's interested can email me at okcjosh at gmail.com. So that, that's just one way you can become involved. I mentioned get involved in the state chapter, run for a position, even if it's, you know, secretary or, or uh, no, you know, note taking in the organization just to kind of get a feel of what it's like. Mm-hmm. Those, those positions don't require any kind of training, really. It's just experience and someone has to fill those roles. And so Absolutely. young leadership is is great for that. Um, attend the Inspr seminar if you can. Uh, there's a lot of great scholarships out there available um, if you don't have the, the funding in your department for that. A lot of the times you can buddy up with someone and, and share a room or, or that kind of thing. Another way would be to connect on Twitter. Um, that's a year-round professional development group. There's a couple uh, Facebook groups that you can access as well and also NSPRA Connect, of course. Is the mm-hmm. official Inspira uh, way to stay connected online. Um, so attend the Inspira seminar if you can, and then when you're there, just go meet people, introduce yourself. Everyone is friendly. Um, you're going to find your niche. You're going to find your group that you that you connect well with. And then once you do that, you just kind of stay involved and and you work. You step outside. You have that growth mindset. You step outside of your your normal duties at. In your district, and and do more for the profession. That's really what I've focused on. And you know, don't be timid, uh, don't be cynical. Just just go do it, and you'll learn a lot, you'll grow a lot, and you'll meet a lot of great people. And then once you once you have a few seminars under your belt, then sign up to to speak public public speaking. As anyone can tell, listening to this podcast is not my. Uh, forte <laughs> that's not true <laughs> it it's not my you know it's not my forte really um, but I've you know grown more comfortable doing it just because I've had so many opportunities to speak at the local level to speak at the the national level one one piece of advice when you submit your idea for a presentation is to focus on the theme of the conference and so a lot of people will submit ideas but they don't align with the theme of the conference so that's the first good point yeah so that's the first piece of advice um second piece is don't submit more than one idea that makes you look hungry and like you just want to you know do anything you you know you just want to you just want to be there to present but if you focus on one idea and and really uh hone in on that you're likely to get chosen for for that idea if not try again next year. Some of your presentations will be better than the others. I've, I've had a presentation that have absolutely flopped and I'm like, you know, just devastated afterwards, but it, you know, it turns out to be okay. And then I've had presentations uh, like the one, like the one in 2019 last year, that was probably my proudest moment as a professional. That, that particular presentation uh, was with Carla Herrera, uh, who was part of the Peel School District in Canada, and we Mm -hmm. had a presentation about creating spaces for LGBTQ plus students um, Mm -hmm. through communication. Creating safe spaces. Sorry, Um, the room was was packed with probably 150 200 people. And typically, I would be extremely nervous about that because I'm, you know, I have all these people judging me and judging my presentation style and that kind of thing. But honestly, I had never felt more confident going into a presentation because of the topic, because I was telling my own story. And so I'll get, maybe I'll talk a little bit more about that story here in a second. But the point of me saying that is if you focus on storytelling in a presentation, you're likely to succeed because A, your story is your story. And it's something that you don't have to rehearse. It's something that is raw. It can be emotional or it can be um, and emotional by being sad, it can be neutral, it can be funny, but it's something you know. Another thing would be to focus on your expertise, something you know that way you're not nervous. you can just get in there and and tell the story and um, and, and it just comes off a lot more authentic and and original. so that that would be my advice to any any young professional for sure.
0: I think that's good advice. And you know, that really aligns with kind of the trends that we've seen in school PR in the last couple of years. In fact, we've mentioned her several times, but we had a keynote at that same seminar that was all about storytelling and and it was a very impactful speech or a very impactful um keynote, I suppose. And everyone's kind of been talking and shifting the way that we do the work that we do. And I'm pleased that you decided to mention that particular presentation that you did, Josh, because it was um it was very powerful and it was very well-received. And that was actually one of the topics we talked about when I mentioned that I wanted to interview you. That was one of the potential topics. So I, I'm pleased that you brought that up to share.
2: I didn't even know that you were in that presentation. Thank you for, for coming to that. I appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for sharing your story. It's not always easy, but like you said, it's very powerful.
2: You know, it was, it was easy for me to do because I've done it and I'm comfortable with doing it. Um, but the point of that that presentation, which was really to to build bridges for people, they're at a different part of the scale, the continuum scale, in terms of, you know, what they've been exposed to and what they've uh, believe in, and and that kind of thing. So, um, it was a really growing moment for me and for others, and um, mm-hmm. it, it was just awesome. So.
1: Hey guys, Aaron and I are excited to have Class Intercom back as a sponsor this year for School PR Happy Hour. Last season, I told you about how my student interns took over the district's Instagram and we saw immediate growth by using their voice to tell their story on their campuses. Class Intercom is more than just a tool for students to use to post to social media. Class Intercom is a social media management tool that offers unlimited users, approvals, and archiving at an affordable price, and they're built specifically for schools and school districts. Head over to classintercom.com and sign up for a demo today.
0: Um, Josh, we talked about how INSPRA is searching for a new executive director, how we'll have new leadership this year. As someone who is a young leader in INSPRA, what direction do you hope to see our INSPRA board take and what sort of inspiration are you hoping for with national leadership?
2: Um, in terms of new leadership, I think that there are a lot of opportunities for for innovation, especially in the COVID era with all the virtual professional development opportunities. And so, I'd really like to see more innovation. And so that that will be you know my role and in INSPRO will be mm-hmm. instrumental in that. But I also think that there's opportunities to expand our membership. To do that, you, we may have to take a few risks in terms of, you know, spending a little money to try to, to start new initiatives and that kind of thing, but, but also maintaining that, that fiscal responsibility that, that I think is important for an organization. So those are the two areas that I think uh, that we should focus on. I'd also like to see the executive director connecting more with, with the local organizations, and so, mm-hmm. perhaps traveling to other conferences and that kind of thing to get involved, because things have changed and they they change yearly. And um, so, hopefully, uh, the current uh, newly hired executive director will will do a lot of that.
0: I look forward to that. Um, TSPR, the the organization that I'm a part of, is is a really really large organization. I think we have 900 plus members. And we always have a really great conference and the INSPRA seminar is a really phenomenal conference. There's so many chapters. Um, and I remember, I don't remember if it was an INSPRA quiz or it was, it was something with some of the virtual engagement that they were talking about. You know, if you don't have a local chapter contact, other local chapters and just with Texas being so huge, it kind of baffled me that there might be some States that don't have that same level of support. So I i would love to see kind of some streamlining coming down from the national level to support some of our state chapters and our local chapters especially maybe ones that are not quite as established
2: for sure and and I do know that that the the current president Leslie bruinton has some ideas for how to try to get more aprs at the at the state level and really mm-hmm. building building a coalition at the state level to to train aprs and and uh, do that so I think that is one of her visions is to try to to build that connectedness, because APR is a, is a very important certification. It not only helps the professional, but it also the more APRs that we have, the more credibility we have as as an organization, and the more we promote our profession. Because we need more superintendents need to have school PR professionals and communicators on staff.
0: I agree, and you know, I definitely believe that. Leslie can uh, achieve that goal. She's pretty phenomenal, and about the only person I can think of who could get me to say "roll tide." So there you go, Leslie. There's your shout out.
2: <laughs> I, well, we, you know, her. Obviously, her football team is the best, but we have a pretty darn good football team here in Oklahoma too.
0: You're um, okay. You're all right. We
2: we have. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna make this about Leslie. This is my <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. There you go. Sit down, Leslie. It's not your turn. <laughs> All right, Josh. So, what are some of the things that you wish that you had known when you were a new practitioner? You mentioned before that, and you know, if you guys can hear my son squalling in the background, I apologize. Liam has made more appearances on episodes of School PR Happy Hour than possibly Justin, so thanks for hanging in there, you guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Josh, you mentioned that you had pretty tremendous support from your mentors and from your administration. When you started working in school PR, but what are some of the things that you wish that you had known, and also what advice do you have for someone who's new in this profession?
2: This is interesting because my my personal fear when I started at more Norman Technology Center was working in a professional setting um, where people were going to accept me for who I was I know that mm-hmm. that probably not the answer any of you expected but before beginning in school PR, I had never worked for an organized professional organization, and so you know I, I talked about the the presentation I gave at Inspira. That that presentation it was um, it was a moment where I got to tell my painful story as a as a closeted young gay kid growing up in Oklahoma in the 90s. This will make more sense in a minute because I'm I'm going to connect the two. But that experience in the 90s. As a closeted young gay kid, turned into a victory for me, which which is now I'm, I'm more confident, more strong. But that that shame that I had as a young kid is always there. It's always going to be a, a level of shame there, just because it's just there. And this is not just for me; it's for other people too, and other kids, and other professionals that have you know have that experience. And so to to connect that walking into a professional organization I didn't realize that people were as accepting in a in the educational field I was used to a very you know bigoted environment mm-hmm. in Oklahoma and I and I don't want to blanket everyone because I knew people that were accepting and loving but I just didn't realize how accepting my organization was but also Inspra and so I just really felt um, welcomed into the organization. And I realized that, that my story and the topics that, that uh, I cared about were at the forefront of most professionals too. And why does that, why does, you know, you asked the question, why does the topic of um, LGBTQ plus, uh, why do those issues matter? It's because students matter. And we as communicators need to know how we can advocate for every student so we need to learn more about uh, diverse people, their experience, different backgrounds, and that this is not just with LGBTQ plus uh, matters it's for a, you know anyone uh, who they are, where they come from, uh, how they look, how they sound, uh, who they love, who they worship it's It's all of those things, and we're all individuals, and we all have our own ideas of what that means. But as com- as communicators and PR professionals, we have to be able to understand everyone and that students, employees. And so that's why equity, the topic of equity and inclusion matters in our profession. And that's why you're going to continue to see it, not only at INSPRA level, but all the SPRA levels. And it's now more than ever, you're going to see topics of race and that those uncomfortable conversations. You're going to see a lot more of that because people like me as a as a privileged white man, we need to sit in our discomfort. We need to experience that so we can learn more. We're not changing who we are, but we're understanding more about people and and the struggles that they have been through so we can use that in our profession.
0: Josh, I I really love first of all I love your vulnerability and in being so open and sharing this, because I think the things, and I want to say this, having not experienced the same things as you and knowing that I don't have the same lens, but what you went through and what you experienced made you a compassionate adult and a compassionate professional. And everyone who works in school PR, I firmly believe is here because of children, because just like educators in the classroom, we could be making a lot more money with our talents elsewhere. We all choose education. And you are an important ally for a lot of children who are only starting to find representation for themselves. So thank you for sharing your story. But I especially love what you said a moment ago, where you said that we need to sit in our discomfort. Because I think many of us listening and that do this work have really had to critically look at ourselves in the past few years, but especially this year, especially pertaining to conversations of race, and realize the bias that we didn't know that we had. And I'm not going to go too far into that, because that is actually a different episode that I will be um, doing later this season. But I just want to thank you for bringing that into the conversation, because that's a conversation that we need to continue to have. So thank you very much for that.
2: You're welcome. And and thank you for uh, amplifying the voices of others—it's an—it's important conversations, and conversations lead to action, and that's what we Agreed. we got to have. So
0: we do. We need to all be trailblazers, and we need to be allies. Um, I saw I, I heard a very interesting quote that said we don't get to decide to be allies; we have to try our best, and then allow ourselves to be named allies by those who need the allies, and so. Uh, just on a personal note, that has been my personal goal for twenty twenty is to seek to deserve to be an ally.
2: Yeah, for sure. And another thing that goes along with that is there's a lot of distractions in the media that, and they're combining the issues that we face today. They're combining those, and so it's become a this versus them, or yes, that, yes that that's not what it is. Those are those are separate. Those are separate things. And, but the media tends to build that up in a way. And so, so my advice would be to avoid those distractions and and focus on the core of of what's happening. And so thank you for, again, for amplifying uh, the voices of others and and talking about about all these uh, things.
0: Well, honestly, it's a privilege. Josh, I think you're going to be an excellent resource for many people in our profession uh, in a number of areas. Where are some of the best places that our guests can connect with you? You mentioned your email earlier. What are some of your social profiles?
2: <laughs> yeah, my email is, is OKCJosh at Gmail. That's like Oklahoma City, uh, the acronym OKCJosh at Gmail. Mm-hmm. Uh, my handle on Twitter is at Joshua T. I'd give you my phone number, but I don't know where this podcast is <laughs> going to go. Uh, but really, that, those are the two main areas. You can connect with me on Facebook at, at Joshua T. Sauer or LinkedIn at, at Joshua T. Sauer. You can go to my website, uh, joshsauerpr.com. Um, I have recently gotten into some uh, freelance work for for school PR professionals to to supplement my income and, and, and try to make some extra money for my family. but. You know, those are the the ways you can connect with me, and I look forward to helping anyone, uh, not only as a as young professionals, but but uh, some of the veterans uh, too. Um, if I can be a resource from you from from my place at INSPRA, I am happy to do that. Um, one of the things is that if I don't know something, which is likely that I don't, I know someone who does, and I can connect you to them. And I'm happy to do that because I know that we're all, you know, we're, we're struggling right now. It's it's a very weird time and we're just trying to stay above water. And um, we're we're supporting educators who are on the front lines of this whole thing. And we're dealing with all these issues and we can get exhausted easily. And so reach out to those support groups. There are so many, so many resources out there that can help professionals, whether it's a pre-written template letter about something that happened in your district uh, to people that have been through the, you know, the experience and can mentor and coach you through whatever you're, you're facing. And so don't hesitate to reach out to me or anyone else um, because we may know the answer or we know someone who does know the answer.
0: Exactly. Wise words. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you you know what i love about school pr i love how sometimes you start a conversation heading in one direction and then it takes a turn and you end up having a completely different conversation entirely my conversation with josh was like that josh was real he was vulnerable and conversations like these are exactly why justin and i started this podcast thank you josh so much for sharing your wisdom and your story with us thanks for listening to school pr happy hour do you have an idea for an episode in season two? Connect with us. Send us an email at schoolprhappyhour at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at sprhappyhour or connect with us on Instagram at schoolprhappyhour. And until next time, let's all try to be a little bit better at our jobs every day.